Welcome to the Mount Sinai Missionary Baptist Church Podcast, where the Reverend Leo R. Thomas is our pastor. As a church, we desire to preach and to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that all are saved. We hope that you're encouraged by this message. Good morning, family and friends. We welcome you here to the Mount today. We are so very grateful that you chose to worship with us and to give God his praise, his glory, and his honor because he truly is worthy. I'd ask that if you're able, that you'd open your Bibles with me as we go to read the word of God. I'll be reading from the 34th number of Psalms, Psalm 34, and it reads, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. In verse 3, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his most holy word. We just humbly ask today that as you join with us in worship, that you will be encouraged to submit likes, comments, just so we can feel your participation and be able to be unified with you as you're worshiping, we're worshiping him together in the beauty of holiness. We ask that if you're interested in joining with our Wednesday night Bible studies, that you would reach out to Sister Haley Clark on our website and she can put you in contact with the list so that you can be able to join with us every Wednesday night from 6 to 7.15. So we thank you and we praise God for you because we realize you could have been anywhere today, but we're so very glad you're here with us. Bless you. I said praise the Lord, family. What a blessing. What a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord one more We give God praise, we give him honor, and we give him glory for the great things he has done. Thankful to those who are here with us, a few ministers, the audio video people, our musicians, soundboard folk. What a blessing it is to be in the house of God once again in order that we might continue to strive to put the word of God before his people to encourage them, to strengthen them, even at a time such as this. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For those of you who are viewing us today, listening to us, we thank God for your presence. We thank him for your commitment. We thank him for your fellowship and your friendship. For joining in with this small church here in the great city of San Pedro, California, Hey, listen, before we get into any of the other activities of this morning, uh, we have some devastating news from last week. We know that uh, bad news travels fast, Uh, but it was with great sadness that we announced to some of you who may not have heard yet that our own brother, our dear friend, Deacon Keith Briggs, on last Sunday, went home to be with the Lord was up that morning, was preparing breakfast like a normal Sunday morning, getting ready to listen to and watch church service, uh, collapsed in his home, 
By the time his wife got to him, called paramedics, rushed him to the hospital, but unfortunately they were not able to revive him. Our hearts are saddened. This church is devastated uh, at the loss, at the transition of our brother. And I'd ask that you all continue to pray for Sister Valerie Briggs, his wife. They had just celebrated their five-year anniversary the weekend before he transitioned to his heavenly home. I'm asking also that you pray for one of my good friends, one of the great souls of this church, one of the pillars of this ministry, Mother Cleo Hall. That was her only biological son. And now he has gone on to glory even before she. So listen, Briggs family, Hall family, we're praying for you. We're lifting you up before the Lord. And we're praying that God would comfort you during this great time of sadness. With that, we want to mention several other people who are on the sick and the shut-in list. We're praying for Deacon Donald Blue and his family as they are recovering from COVID. We're praying for Sister Evelyn Mitchell. We're praying for Sister Kathleen Overturf. Praying for Brother James Ridgeway. We're praying for Sister Talia White. And we're praying for Sister Caritha Williamson. As I've mentioned, for the bereaved, we're praying for the Briggs and for the whole family. Join us this morning as we go to the Lord in prayer. God, our Father, how we bless and praise Thee. How we thank Thee today, Lord God, for still being here in the land of the living. How we thank You, Lord God, because our minds are regulated. We're clothed in our right minds. We have use of our extremities. There's warm blood flowing through our veins. And our hearts and minds are saturated by way of your Holy Spirit that we might come today and give you praise, give you honor, and give you glory. God, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins, forgive us of our indiscretions, forgive us of our iniquities, things that we've done, things that we've said, that our prayers be not hindered. God, we come before your presence first and foremost asking that you would bless and touch the hearts and minds of the bereaved, the Briggs family, the Hall family, that during this difficult time, God, I pray that you would draw even closer unto your sons and your daughters. Remind them, God, that you're still here and that you're still in the blessing business. Wipe the tears from their eyes, God. Let them know, Lord, that he's in glory. We thank you for salvation. We thank you, Lord God, that many years ago he had called upon your name, believed in you, followed you. Now, God, as we prepare our hearts and minds here, short time in the distance for his homegoing celebration. We pray even now for strength and encouragement unto your people. God, we pray for the sick, the shut-in today, those who lay on beds of affliction, those, Lord God, who has pain riddling their bodies, those, Lord God, who are dealing with the uncertainty of when it will be that you'll reach down from heaven with your finger of love and touch them in the midst of their circumstance and situation. We don't know if you will, but we do know that you're able. So God, we pray that your will will be done. 
Now, God, as we prepare our hearts and minds this morning for the spoken word, as we prepare our hearts and minds for what thus saith the Lord, as the Holy Spirit hovers over this place and within our hearts, God, we pray that you would open us up and pour into us that which you'd have us to have. Set the preacher down, stand the word up on the pedestal of my personality. Let your word go forth boldly and clearly. Father God, that you might be glorified, that Jesus, our Savior, that he might be magnified, and the Holy Spirit, by unction and conviction, your people will be edified. If there's any listening to us today, both near or abroad, who does not know you in the pardon of their sins, we pray at the conclusion of this word that they would bow their heads, bow within their spirits, and proclaim and decree what must I do to be saved. We'll point them to Calvary's cross where Jesus hung, where he bled, and where he died. But praise be unto God that three days later, you got up with all power and authority in your hands. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Let all the people of God, I said, let all the people of God say amen. Come on and give God a hand praise. Come on and bless him. I know there's just a few of us here this morning, but God is worthy of praise. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 amen, amen, amen. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, if you will. We ask that you would draw your attention to Romans, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans, Romans chapter 8. I ask that you would look at Verse 35, 36, and 37. Here's what the Bible says. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution? or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Here's the focus verse this morning. Nay, in all these things, First Lady Kemp, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Specifically from verse 37. Verse 37. I want you to point to a neighbor, point to a neighbor, and tell them you can rise above it. Mm. You can rise above it. It. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors, minister king, through him that loved us. It is a beautiful thing, family, to be a conqueror in the Christian life. It is a much greater thing to be a conqueror in all these things. The Apostle Paul names some items specifically in verse 35. And though it is not all-encompassing, it is clear by way of the list, by way of the items in which he suggests that we are able, by way of God, to conquer, it is obvious that there is listed within that verse, verse 35, some temptations, some trials, and some troubles. The question in which we must confront family is simply, what does it mean to be more than a conqueror? It means that as a believer in Christ, we are guaranteed to have decisive victory. That's what it means to be more than a conqueror. That the victory is ours that the battle has already been won. There are some victories in our lives that can cost us nearly as much as a defeat. There are some battles that have to be fought again and again, and they tend to leave us exhausted, to leave us fatigued, to leave us spiritually confused. Many believers, I believe, are kept in constant warfare because they lack the courage to venture into a bold and final conflict in order that they might end this strife by a decisive victory. Real joy, real power, real authority comes when we develop the fortitude to completely sever the last strand of reluctance to being obedient to the God that we serve. There are many of us that want to straddle the fence. There are many of us who want one foot in the church and one foot in the world. There are many of us who can get up and sing a song and read a scripture when the fact of the matter is we live far beneath the privileged potential that God's word says we can. In other words, we proclaim victory and we profess that the battle is won, but you would never know it if you looked at every aspect of my life. If you followed me home and you saw the depression, if you followed me to the job and 
and you saw the disenchantment. If you looked in my relationship and saw the discontentedness, you would proclaim that does not look like victory. That does not look like a champion. That does not look like somebody who has won the battle. But when we can say unequivocally, when we can say unambiguously, when we can say unapologetically no to the enemy's temptations, to the enemy's invitations, to the enemy's enticements, that is when the adversary knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are sold out for the God that we see. Victory belonged out for God. Let me tell you, victory belongs to you. You may not look like a five-star recruit. You may not look like the champion in a boxing ring. You may not look like that you can run a marathon, but guess what? You can rise above it because you are victorious, because you are a champion, because you are a winner, but you have to be able to say no to the vices, to the schemes, to the invitations, to the temptations of the devil. And once you can say no, mm, you're in the winner's circle. There are, in this world history, battles that are so decisive that they have settled the future of empires. Family, we have battles that we have to deal with that God is able to extend his grace and his mercy in the midst of it in order that we might have victory. There is no doubt which side we are attached to if you look at the victorious aspect of our lives. You don't need money to be victorious. You don't need a big house to be a winner. You don't need a fancy European car to be a champion. But when you can stand up and proclaim that God is in your life, when you can stand up and proclaim that God's hand is on your life, when you can stand up and say, I am surrendered unto my God, and no other shall I serve. I will not proclaim the name of anyone else having authority and power over me but the true and the living God. Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh, Jesus, the one who died for me. You have just entered in to a different sphere in the spiritual world. You are no longer defeated. You are no longer down. You are no longer depressed. You are no longer disconnected, discouraged, because God is on your side. I wish I could preach it like I feel it. There are things that will frustrate us in this life. There'll be times when you're tired and tired 
times when you're weary and times when you're fatigued because it appears that I keep losing while others around me appear to be winning. Every time I take a step forward, it appears that the enemy pulls me back in the other direction. But this year, family, in 2021, you're going to be forced to make a conscious decision as to whether you're going to get up and move forward in the name of Jesus or continue to live in quiet desperation. That's what many of us are doing. We're desperate, but we're quiet. Sometimes you got to open your mouth and shout some stuff out of your life. You got to open your mouth and cry out a great hallelujah in the midnight hour. You got to open your mouth and proclaim to the devil, to the demons, to the minions, to the world that my God has brought me too far for me to turn around now. Quiet desperation will cause you to fall down under the weight of the issue. But I want you to know you can rise above it. Yeah, we, we, we on the come up. We on the come up. We on the come up, I'm telling you. I'm going to proclaim it for myself and my family. This year is going to be a better year, not because of the pandemic, because the God that I serve kept me alive. If the devil didn't want me to shout, he should have begged God. He should have asked God that my life end last year. But the fact that I stepped into 2021, there's something, there's blessings with my name on it. How family can you rise above it how do you get past it how do you conquer those things which appear to be heavy on your heart in your mind in your spirit I believe that there are some things that you have to do in order that we might continue to walk in the victory in which God has promised us I am an exegetical preacher, but I believe that sometimes you have to take a biblical principle and undergird it with the characteristics of God's word. Though it may not say it specifically, you have the entirety of the Bible to prove your point. This verse happens to be one of those verses. The Bible says in verse 37, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through his him that loved us. If I'm going to rise above it, there are some things, Minister Parker, that I have to make sure is happening in my life. Well, come on, let's run after the word. Let's chase it right now that we might understand and have some added ammunition when we leave the house of prayer. The first thing, the first thing, if you're going to rise above it, you have to make sure that you strap up with faith. Mm. 
Yeah, strap up, street vernacular, meaning that if I was on the south side of Chicago, if I was in Queens, New York, if I was in South Central, Los Angeles, if I was in Mayfield Heights in Ohio, to strap up means that I'm carrying something with me that if something jumps off, we have some help. Now, let me tell you, in those cities, if you strap up, you go to jail. I don't recommend that you strap up with a Smith and Wesson, but I do recommend that you strap up with faith. Faith is that which must be locked and loaded at all times in order for us to fight the battles before us, knowing that victory is ours. Faith must be taken and spiritually digested every single day so that your immune system would be strengthened for that which is to come. If I know that I'm going to encounter some battles during the course of my walk in this life with the Lord, it is imperative that I know that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That means that reliance on God is not the outcome of imagination, Sister Grant. It means that it's based on fact. It means that it's based on reality. It means that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Paul is not attempting to convince us. He is reminding us that we are victorious and that we are champions in the spiritual realm. Stop allowing the enemy to intimidate you. Stop allowing the enemy to run you over. Stop running for cover every time he determines to threaten you. He's loud. He's boisterous because he knows that in many cases, that's enough to throw you off track. But the Bible says there was a brother by the name of Goliath in the Old Testament. The Bible says he was nine feet tall, Sister Lydia. The Bible says his helmet and his bronze mail weighed 125 pounds. The Bible says that the tip of his spear weighed 15 pounds by itself. The Bible says that he was taunting the people of God. The Bible says he was talking out the side of his neck. It worked for a while until an Uber Eats driver by the name of David showed up on the scene to drop off some food to his brothers. The Bible says that while David was talking to his family, the Bible says he was trying to pay attention to what his brothers were saying, but he could not help but overhear the threats of Goliath. David was talking, if you use your spiritual imagination, and every now and again, he would say to his brothers, hold up, and he listened, and Goliath was saying, we gonna kill you. We don't care about your God. Israel sent anybody and everybody out here that you desire.
desire and I'm telling you I'm going to take their head off I'm going to kill them and hang them on my spear David turned to the men of Israel and he said are you guys just going to let this brother talk about our God like that David had faith the other men did not have the faith in God they were not strapped up with faith and David said I'm not going to allow this to happen David said I'm not going to allow this to take place David said I'm going to shut this guy up the Bible says that David began to call on the name of his God the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17 beginning at verse 46 this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and I will give the carcasses and the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth that all the earth may know that all the earth may know that all the earth may know when you got faith you can proclaim to all the earth to the entire world that God is in Israel and David said in verse 47 and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not by sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you in to my hands when you have faith you can say to the devil you're not going to bully me you're not going to take my stuff because the God that I serve gave it to me do you have enough faith to stand up and know that this too shall pass do you have enough faith to go back to school and get your degree do you have enough faith to restore the marriage do you have enough faith to believe that God can heal your body there are folk that can testify there are people that have a living testimony that says when I was down and when I was out I strapped up with faith and God brought me out I praised him before he brought me out of it I glorified him before he healed my body if you're going to rise above it you got to strap up you got to strap up you got to strap up with faith with faith with faith notice David did not say what he hoped would happen notice David did not say what he think would happen David said Goliath I hope you have your living trust in order because today my brother I'm going to take your head off David was strapped with faith the Bible tells us but without faith it's impossible to please God for those who come to him must come to him believing and knowing that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him if this year family you're going to rise above it the first thing you have to do, the first thing you have to be reminded of 
is that you have to strap up with faith. But not only do you have to strap up with faith, Brother JT, you got to step up in obedience. Mm. Yes. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Faith is of no use if you fail to be obedient to the things of God. If I'm going to walk, if I'm going to operate and function in victory, I have to get some things out of my life and become submissive and compliant to the will, to the way, to the word and to the work of the Almighty God. I have to live and move and have my being through him. Obedience is an essential aspect of living a victorious life, family. You cannot and should not expect to be victorious when you consistently and knowingly violate the oracles, the forewarnings, and the revelation of God. We have a responsibility to be highly accountable to the things of God in order that we might claim his promises. We must get our thoughts right because my thoughts will directly influence my actions. That is why the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 that we're casting down imaginations and every Every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We have some things in our minds, we have some things in our spirits that we must be bringing them in to captivity in order that we might live the victorious life. We have some thoughts that are running amok. And they must be brought into captivity in order for us to be strong and courageous. We have some stuff that we enjoy doing and being involved in and we need to aggressively, we need to determinedly, we need to assertively and insistently cast them down and cast them out of our lives so that we might run the race that has been set before us. To be brought into captivity is to bring something in to subjection. The Apostle Paul here says to us that we have to do some things differently in order that we might be the people that God would have us to be. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 says bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That means everything that enters into my mind. I have to sift it and sort it to determine is that of God or is that of the world? 
there are some things that I don't trust myself with. And that is the reason I have to lean on the Holy Spirit in order that he might help me step up in obedience. I have to rely on God to push some stuff out of my life. I have to depend on God in order to regulate my mind. I have to think on things that are godly in order that I might reflect that which says in God's word that I can do. There are too many of us that are not thinking on the right stuff and guess what? Your actions manifest your thought process. If you think negatively, you're going to do things that are negative. You gotta get rid of that stinking thinking and start thinking about that which is pure, that which is holy, that which is right, that which is good. You ought to start thinking about things that reflect the God that is in you. Stop being down and stop thinking you failed and stop thinking God can't change it. You got to step up in obedience. God, if you did it for David, you can do it for me. God, if you did it for Rahab, you can do it for me. God, if you did it for Hezekiah, you can do it for me. God, if you did it for Abraham, you can do it for me. God, if you did it for Mary and Martha, you can do it for me. But you got to step up in obedience because they were sold out for God. Maybe, just maybe, the reason we're not walking in the victory that God's word says that we can is because we've not stepped up in obedience. How can you expect God to give you the desires of your heart when you've not delighted yourself in him? Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verse 23, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Paul says there's a battle that's going on within my own body, within my own mind, within my own spirit. And Paul says, I'm fighting. And I get up every day and I meditate on the Word of God. And I get up in the morning and I do my devotion. And I get up and I, I read the Word and I'm praying throughout the day. And yet there's these thoughts that keep entering into my mind that's trying to pull me in the other direction. Every time I throw a blow at the members of my body, my sinful nature, the old man, steps up and throws a blow back at me. But guess what? I am victorious. Guess what? I am a winner. Guess what? I am a champion. Now listen to me for a moment. To be victorious, to be a winner, 
winner and to be a champion means that you gotta compete. It means that you gotta get sweaty. It means that you gotta get dirty. It means that you have to sacrifice some stuff. It means that you gotta get out of your comfort zone. It means that you gotta stretch yourself. It means you may have to go through some situation. But guess what? If you're going through hell, just don't stop. That's what makes you victorious. If you're catching hell, just don't hold it. That's what makes you a winner. No matter what it is that's going on in your life, you got to compete in order to be a winner. Anybody who's ever played sports will tell you you don't get the championship ring just by hanging around the gym. The problem that many believers have is that you have grown accustomed to and comfortable with being in the vicinity of spiritual winners. The fact is, just because I'm a winner and you hanging around with me don't make you a winner. You got to compete for yourself. You got to pack your own parachute. You got to get in the game and compete in order that you might win. But when you step up in obedience, when you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to change your mind, to change your direction, to change the outcome, guess what? You're going to act differently because you think differently. Some people believe because you sacrifice your give, because you sacrifice your money, because you sacrifice your talent, that you've made headway with God. But the Bible tells me that obedience is better than sacrifice and submission than the offering of fat rams. In other words, God ain't worried about your sacrifice. God wants your obedience. Is there anybody in the kingdom that has declared in your mind that I need to do better, that I'm going to do better? God, I know what you expect of me, and I'm going to step up in my obedience. I'm not going to look at other folk and try to keep up with them. I'm going to be submissive. I'm going to be acquiescent. I'm going to be obedient that I may walk worthy of the vocation in which you called me. But in order to do it, you got to step up in obedience. Stop thinking God is going to bless you for effort. When God blesses those who are obedient to his will, to his way, to his work, God blesses those who are sold out for him to the degree they're able to rise above it because they know that victory is in their life. Some of us are losers. I'm tired of looking from the outside, face pressed against the window, fogging up the glass, looking at everybody else be blessed. And I have none to proclaim for myself. The devil's a liar. I'm rising above this stuff. I'm not going to live defeated any longer. I'm not going to live down any longer. 
I'm not going to live afraid any longer. I'm not going to live discouraged any longer. You can rise above it. First thing you have to do is you have to be strapped up with faith. Faith carries you along the way. But not only do you have to be strapped up with faith, you have to step up in obedience. Family, God has high expectations. Though he may accept you as you are, his objective is for you not to stay as you are. But then finally, family, not only do we have to strap up with faith, not only do we have to step up in obedience, we have to stay up through prayer. We have to stay up through prayer. I am convinced that if we stay in situations too long and allow them to cloud our minds and muddy the waters, the odds of us stepping out and being victorious is greatly diminished. And part of that is because we have a weapon at our disposal that is available to all of those in the kingdom, and it is the greatest weapon in which we have for our use, and it is the power of prayer. To stay up through prayer, one must constantly be in communication with God. Prayer is not something that has to be on a specific schedule, family. The Bible declares unto the people of God, we are to pray without ceasing. The Bible says that men ought always to pray. The statement without ceasing means to pray continually without intermission. The problem that many of us have is that we believe from Sunday afternoon until Wednesday night Bible study, that is our intermission. And from Wednesday night at the conclusion of Bible study until Sunday morning service, that is our intermission. But the fact of the matter is we are to pray without ceasing. Paul tells the believers in Rome that they are constantly on his mind. He says unto them that they are every time he thinks of them that he prays to God for them. He says in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, he mentions constantly remembering the believer's work of faith, their labor of love, and their patience of hope. In both instances, Paul's prayer consists of communing with God, not based on what God is doing for Paul, but what God is doing in the life of believers. Let me tell you what that means. 
Some people believe there's nothing for me to pray about because my life is so low and so far gone. But if you see people around you, that is up. And if you see people around you that are faithful, and if you see people around you that are full of hope, Paul says that's a reason to call on God. There are many people with a misconception of what prayer is. We tend to think that prayer exists for the sole purpose of making requests unto God. Though that is one aspect of prayer, prayer is the activity of believers whereby they communicate with God. Part of it is worshiping him. Part of it is praising him. Part of it is thanking him. Part of it is confessing him. And yes, on occasion, we make requests unto him. Most times, unfortunately, we're inclined to get in that last bucket of making requests unto God, and we don't realize the great and glorious gifts and blessings that are associated when we pray to God and it's part of our worship, and when we pray to God and it's part of our praise, and when we pray to God and it's part of our thanksgiving, and when we pray to God when it's part of our confessing unto him. But if I'm going to rise above it, it's going to require that I stay up through prayer because God loves me. He wants the best for me. And because he wants the best for me and he loves me, he wants to commune with me. I remember when my wife and I were dating 31 years ago. It was times when we would be on the phone late in the midnight hour. And there were times when I would doze off, but I still didn't want to get off the phone from talking to her. There were times when I would fall asleep and she would patiently wait for me to wake up and wouldn't hang up the phone. Don't you know that there are going to be times when you're too tired to pray? But God still wants to hear from you. There'll be times when you may unfortunately doze off in the midst of your communication with God. But isn't it good to know that God won't hang up? He'll wait for you to wake up again in order that you might continue the conversation. Is there anybody in the kingdom? Is there anybody in the house that realizes that the only way I'm going to stay up is through prayer. The devil is going to swing at me. The devil is going to try to trip me up, but I can rise above it. Why? Because I'm going to stay up in prayer. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to remind him of his promises. I'm going to tell my father, God, I need your help. God, if you don't show up in this situation, I'm not sure I'm going to make it. Is there anybody, when you call on his name, you have to remind him of what he's promised unto you. God, you said that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
God, you said that you'll give peace that passeth all understanding. God, you said that if God be for us, who can be against us? God, you said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. God, you said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Acknowledge him in all thy ways and he shall direct your paths. Is there anybody who knows how to call on God in the midnight hour? Is there anybody who knows how to get in your prayer closet and make some things happen for you? That's when you're able to rise above it. But you've got to stay up through prayer. You cannot expect for God to show up in your situation and you've not invited him in. <laughs> Woo, how annoyed I am when people just show up at my house. I'm not talking about any of y'all. Y'all can come anytime you want to. But there's some people, they just show up. They've not been invited. I've not invited them over. I'm not prepared for them. But isn't it good to know that whenever you call on God, he ain't got to put you on hold. He ain't got to say he's too busy right now. He ain't going to tell you that, you know what, let me get back with you. But God is always, 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 always available unto his children. One of the things I love about the iPhone, listen to me, family, we're done. One of the things I love about the iPhone, I know we got some Android people in here, but one of the things I love about the iPhone is that I can put my phone on do not disturb, but the people who are in a special section on my phone, which means they're part of my favorites, they're my favorites, amen. If they call me, everybody else, it goes straight to voicemail. But if anybody in my favorites call me, if I'm in a meeting, no matter what I'm doing, the call comes straight through. Well, let me tell you, family, because you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and because you called on the name of Jesus, and because He's your Lord and your Savior, and because the Holy Spirit is operating in you, let me tell you, you're on the favorite list. You're on the favorite list. I may not be on your favorite list, but let me tell you, I know I'm on God's favorite list. Mm. Family, if we're going to be strong, if we're going to be courageous this year, there are some things that we got to rise above. There are going to be some stumbling blocks. There are going to be some things that are going to devastate you. Hurt you to your core. And literally cause you to feel like you can't even breathe. It's going to devastate you. It's going to try to rob you of your joy. It's going to try to steal your peace. But I'm here to tell you, 
you can rise above it. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. The loved us at the end is in the perfect tense. It is not that God loved us once upon a time. It is a progressive and a perpetual love. In other words, he loved us then. He loves us now. He's going to love us in the future. But in order to rise above it, you're going to have to strap up your faith. Listen, stop carrying these prayer beads. <laughs> stop putting the little dilly dallies on your headboard of your car, dashboard. Just make sure when you leave the house, as a matter of fact, make sure when you're in the house that you strap up with faith. The next time the devil comes trying to intimidate you, remind him, I'm packing. I got something with me, bruh. And if you run up, you get done up. That, that, that's what faith does. It gives you the confidence that no matter how big the challenge, as long as God is on our side, we're winners. Got to strap up with faith. But you also need to step up in obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Stop thinking that our menial efforts are enough to please the God that we serve. God desires that we be obedient to him. That we not only be hearers of his word, but that we be doers of his word. James says it like this. He says, if you hear the word of God and you fail to do it, it's like a person who looks in the mirror, walks away, and forgets what they look like. Hmm. All of us have made jokes every now and again. You see somebody airport on the street and you say, I wonder did they look at themselves in the mirror before they left out the house this morning. We're not just to be hearers of the Word of God. We're to be doers of the Word of God. Not only do you have to strap up with faith, not only do you have to step up in obedience, but you have to stay up through prayer. Through prayer. Through prayer. God, I need you. I don't care how simple the task, I'm calling on the name of God to get me through it. I pray over everything that I own. Cars, garage, house. Of course, my family, everything that is within my authority, 
as a child of God, I want God's prayers to shower in his favor, to shower down on all of it. But in order for him to do it, I have to call on his name. You're here today listening to us, though. You've already lost because if you don't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, there's a possibility that there may be some things this year that may happen in your life that you're unable to recover from. The mental strain, the emotional pull may just be enough to pull you beneath the floodwaters of life. But we're here to tell you today that Jesus can fix it. He can fix it. He can fix it. He can fix it. He's a rock even in a weary time. No matter how strong the waters and the waves are blowing and hitting you, our God can say, be still. And literally in a moment's notice, But that's only available to his children, to his people. And today, we don't want you to leave without being his son, his daughter, his people. Pray with us today. God, how we bless thee for your word. We thank you for the power and the authority that comes by way of your word. We thank you, Lord God, that we're able to break the chains, the shackles are falling even now. You are setting the captives free. And there may be someone listening to us today, watching us today, who's still held in bondage because they've not called upon your name as Lord and Savior of their lives. God, we pray right now, Holy Spirit, break up the fallow ground. Holy Spirit, go to work on their minds and their hearts. We pray that you would tug at them, Lord God. Allow them to feel the guilt and the shame of not being washed in the blood of the Lamb. Not to the degree that they would run from you, but so that they might run to you today, Lord God. We pray for salvation. We pray that they would call upon your name, that they would confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in their heart that God the Father, you've raised, them from the, raised him from the dead and your word says they will be saved. God, we believe if anyone confesses today, if anyone believes in their heart today, God, they've just walked out of darkness into the marvelous light. The angels in heaven are rejoicing, and so is those of us who are in the kingdom. God, we give you praise for what you've done. We believe that somebody out there is changed because of what they've heard today. Now, God, we pray that they would walk in it to your glory. We ask these in all blessings in our Savior's name. The name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And family, if you believe that, you ought to give God some praise right here, right now, for all that he has done and all that he is doing. We praise him for his authority, for his power, 
for his righteousness, for his peace, for his joy, for his hope, and for his mercy. Amen, amen. We thank God. We praise God. Listen, family, we love you. We appreciate you. If you're listening to us and you're visiting with us, listen, we appreciate you. Sister uh, Ross, Sister Ross uh, made a great comment uh, last week. Bless you, sweetheart. We love you as well. Uh, we know there were a couple of folks on there from my, my home church, uh, Central Baptist and Carson, and we appreciate you. We thank God for you. But those of you who are watching us, listening to us, and you don't have a church home, we want to hear from you specifically. We want to see you at some point. Don't forget, we do have Zoom Bible study every Wednesday night. We're going through the principles of discipleship right now. We normally have around 55, 60 people on there each week. You're welcome to join us, but you need to reach out to our administrative assistant, Sister Lydia Haley-Clark. She'll give you all the information in order for you to dial in and join with us in fellowship, even on Wednesday nights from 6 to 7.15. All right? Listen, family, we love you and we appreciate you. Continue to pray for the Briggs family. Continue to pray for the Hall family. And we'll have more information. I know that Deacon Briggs' homegoing service will be on February 1st, Monday, February 1st. What I do not know yet is whether it'll be a private service, meaning just family, and or if there will be other people invited to the service. As soon as we know, we'll let you know. Amen. Listen, family, in this calendar year of 2021, in spite of the attacks and in spite of the antagonism, in spite of the alienation, we're determined we're going to be strong and we're going to be courageous. May God bless you and keep you until next time. God bless you. of Pastor and First Lady Thomas, we want to thank you for joining us today. We pray that something was said or done that left you feeling strengthened and inspired throughout your week. And Mount Sinai family, while we're apart, we want to remind you there are three ways to bring our tithes and offerings through the website at mountsinaisanpedro.org. By mail to 225 South Mesa Street by dropping it off at the church. As a reminder, the safest way for drop-off or mail is not with cash, but by check or money order. And at Mount Sinai, our desire is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through conversion, discipleship, and mentorship. If you're joining us today and you're unsaved or unchurched, we pray that online service does not replace your local church. Reach out and connect with us or a church that's close to you where you can learn the Bible and grow in obedience and love for God while exercising your faith. Lastly, family, through 2021, let's remember to be strong and courageous. Stop.